Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders and... Against All Odds with Cousin Sal is also brought to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And Yahoo Daily Fantasy is starting the year off hot with a $500,000 fantasy football contest that has zero management fee. That means Yahoo is making nothing on this contest. Less players equals better odds for you. More than one in five people who play will double their money. Not a bad way to kick off the new year. Good start to 2019. There's a limit of 10 entries per person, so don't miss this contest. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Use promo Promo code Yahoo25 when you make your first deposit for $25 in free play. Again, that is Yahoo25 and now against all odds with Cousin Sal. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Sal here with Master Tate Frazier. What's happening, Tate? Not too much. Sweating. We ran around this entire lot to find a studio. We, we did. Found somewhere we to broke record. it. We broke into the boss's office, That's and we're right. doing this in a clandestine uh, fashion here. But so be it. We have to do it. it has to get done. Hey, I want to thank your mom, and uh, to a much lesser extent, your dad, sending me a pecan pie and some goodies from down south. That was nice. You said it right too. You said pecan. If you said uh, pecan, pecan? She, she'd be very upset. Oh, all right, good, so good, pecans good. Are right I got it right. She, she was very excited that you enjoyed it. It so. was excellent. I, you know, I, I was lo- I was looking to gain uh, thirteen and a half pounds before Christmas, and it, and it worked out. It worked out. It really did. Uh, also on the line as always, my gurus of gambling. My barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. What's going on, buddy? We have a big, big, big show today and so little time to get it done. You guys ever heard of Manny Pacquiao? I think you have, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Legendary boxer. I, I bet on him. I looked at, I thought about it. I think I've bet on him as much as probably any boxer in history, in my history, at least. And we're going to talk to him about his upcoming fight against Adrian Broner. That's January 19th on pay-per-view Saturday. But before we do that, we're going to go over this week's playoff games. Ten playoff underdogs in a row dating back to last year I've covered. We're going to pick a winner or best value for the 2020 National Championship game. I'm still dizzy from Monday night. We'll sort that out a little. Uh, we're going to jump on Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino. And I'm going to get some best bets from these guys. Let's recap last week. First, wow, this seems like so long ago, Brother Bry. I jumped on your best bet of North Dakota State. What was that? Was that a Saturday afternoon game? They were giving 14, yeah, Saturday, right? Yeah, uh, Saturday, 12 o'clock, the championship against uh, Eastern Washington. Uh, I had gotten uh, North Dakota State minus 14. I think you brought it down to 13 and a half, which was uh, perfect. I did. Because uh, Easton Stick ran in a touchdown, a meaningless touchdown at the end uh, to make it 14. So I pushed... And uh, you covered. I got, yeah, I counted that as a, I'm counting that as a win for you. That's all right. We just, we manipulated the, the numbers a little bit. But yeah, that was a weird thing because they were up 14, I believe, about to kick a field goal. I think they missed the field goal. And then Eastern Washington comes down and scores. And then we score miraculously uh, to cover or push, however you want to look at it. Uh, Harry, you had a bad beat there. You had Seattle, Dallas under 43 and a half, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, I know a lot of people have made, I'll, I'll, anyone's talked about is Dallas being minus two and a half. I know you had it too mm-hmm. and everything, but 
uh, a real bad beat was also was the under 43 and a half, considering 10 points were scored uh, in the last minute 43 of the first half, plus Janikowski, who I've nicknamed uh, over the years Pig Boy, oh, missed wow. that field goal, which <laughs> screwed up everything down the stretch. Uh, and, and 15 points were scored in the last two minutes of the game, plus Seattle not kicking that field goal from 24 yards away on fourth down, going for it. Screwed everybody on the uh, on covering with Dallas two point conversion and the under. Yeah, I, Tate. Here's what we're gonna do. I want to find out who uh, Sebastian Janikowski's publicist is, mm-hmm. and I want to send him a picture of Harry and say, "This guy has labeled you Pig Boy. Can you please come up? <laughs> can you come up with a nickname for him? Hogman. Okay, we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna let Sebastian do it. He's gonna have a couple quarts of vodka and it's gonna give it his best uh, college try. Parley kid, you were the big winner and not even really close with these Chargers and Dallas you had on a money line parlay. That was nice, right? Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, you know, so the Cowboy game, the final score. Um, to me, I, I did you ever feel bad about? I always felt like the Cowboys were winning that game throughout, like from the I did start too. of the game. I never felt like they were. Mm-hmm. Going to lose that game. I mean, partially thanks to a very conservative game plan by, by the Seahawks. Yeah. And um, you know, I had the pleasure of watching that game. Uh, we had we celebrated Brian's birthday that right. night. Um, so my sister had gotten us a uh, uh, we had got done a Korean barbecue place in New York City. Mm-hmm. We had our own room. We were watching the game. So basically, about twenty anti Cowboy fans. Wow. There. They actually were so miserable watching the Cowboys win that game. Uh, even in a couple of those pass interference calls, mm-hmm. they're arguing how they weren't pass interference calls. I mean, you saw the last one. The guy pretty much got tackled right. uh, coming up the sideline. I and, think uh, Brother Brian, Brother Brian needs new friends. Yeah, he needs new friends. He's all these anti-Cowboys yeah, I mean, it guys. was unbelievable. And and the, you know, a good f- friend, Alec, too. Who, uh, oh, yeah. You know, I almost got the feeling he wasn't even rooting for the Cowboys. Really? kind of crazy. Well, yeah. he never got fired by the Seahawks, so it was a t- probably a tough decision for him <laughs> either way. Uh, let's go over this week's games. Uh, first one, Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern time, Indy at KC. The Chiefs are a five-point favorite. The over-under is 57.5. Brother Bry, which way are you leaning this time? Yeah, I'm going to ride with the underdogs. Like you said, the underdogs 10-0 run. I think it's actually like 14-1, and right, in the last 15, something crazy. Mm-hmm. But I like the Colts plus five. I, I just like the matchup here for the Colts. I think the Colts line is going to eat up the Chiefs. The Chiefs were 27th against the run. Even in the blowout against the Raiders in that last game, there was something about that Chiefs, Chiefs defense. I felt like the Raiders, even though they didn't really put up any points at all, I felt like they moved the ball at will against them. I think... Colts are going to do the same thing. I think they're going to come out and score right away. Don't really trust Reed. Kansas City's 1-6 and six against the spread in the last seven. Colts are 4-1 and one in the last five. There's also some interesting trend that I saw, too, that the number ones against the number sixes are 3-8-1 and one against the spread since 06. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. And then you also have the Kansas City, again, just the choke jobs that they are. They've lost the last five divisional games, so... I don't know. I, li- I like the Colts getting the five. I, I, uh, I'll tell you what. I was inclined to go against you and take the Chiefs here. I thought this is a weird spot for some reason for the Colts and Andrew Luck. But then our friend Trevor, he is so confident. He's a Chiefs fan. So, so confident. that I had to look for another angle here. And I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over 57 and a half. I think this game's in the low 30s. Uh, Mahomes and Luck have combined for 89 touchdown passes. I don't think the outdoors slows it down, although I will say Luck averages 24 points a game uh, in the outdoors and where it's 29 in the dome. But um, I don't think that 
Colts defense is, I think they're a little bit overrated. So, and I think the Chiefs will score. I think they're going to have trouble stopping them for sure. They'll get like one stop in the beginning. And then I think it's going to be Colts making a comeback. And like I said, making this like a 31-30 type game. Uh, you know what? I've heard a lot about uh, Andy Reid, though, uh, like two weeks. Oh, he's had two weeks to prepare. Guess what? He's only had one week to prepare because two weeks ago he was facing three quarterbacks. He's facing either Lamar Jackson, Phillip Rivers, or in this case, Andrew Luck. So what do you do? I know I know he wasn't sitting down watching uh, tape of all three. And by the way, Harry, don't you call him Pig Boy? Isn't that your nickname for him? He's the, he's the big big tomato. Oh, the big tomato. Okay. Who, who chokes in the playoffs constantly and is the most overrated coach in history of football. Well, the, I mean, I Harry, think— are you on the Colts on this one too? Sure. I think it's going to be, I think it's one of these two games, either this one or the next one, uh, Reed dumps it. But, um, yeah, I would go over. All right, Brother Bry, you're taking the points. Now, Parley Kid, our game, Dallas at the Rams. Healthy seven-point favorite for L.A., 49-and-a-half. Yeah. 49.5 is the over-under. What do you like? Yeah, well, so the Rams were favored by TD more 12 times this year. That's got to be close to a record. They covered six of these, but only once did they beat a team uh, that had an over 500 record by more than seven points. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a pretty easy one with the Cowboys getting seven. Uh, they, the Cowboys run the ball well. The Rams really don't defend the run very well. And on the other side, the Cowboys defend the run well. The Rams do run it well. But I think there's gonna be a, this is going to play out, Sal. This is going to be a close one. So I, I think the Cowboys getting seven here. And we've talked about this before, so I kind of tweeted something out, hoping that you would be going to this game. But if we go back a month or so ago when the Eagles went in to uh, play the Rams, that crowd I felt like was at least 75% Eagles fans. At least that's the way it sounded on TV. Mm -hmm. I think there will be even more Cowboys fans there than the Eagles fans that showed up that night. Mm. Uh, this is going to almost play out like a home game for the Cowboys. Uh, I don't see I, – I see them covering this seven points fairly yeah. easily. Yeah. I went uh, to this game. It was a preseason game. It was actually the first game in the Coliseum since the Rams moved out there. A couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't, know how, I don't know how long it is. But Tavon Austin returned the kick for the Rams for a touchdown. He belongs to us now, Parley kid. He's a Dallas Cowboy. Right. Um, yeah, I, when I was there then, it was like probably 70% Cowboys fans. All right, they've built up a fan base. They've rebuilt their fan base, I would say, Rams uh, since then. I think it'll be half Cowboys fans. I'll be there. Um, I like the first half under. I think it's like 24, 24 and a half. If I had to go, that's my best bet in there because I'm afraid to take one side or the other. I think there'll be a feeling out process. Yeah. Wade Phillips has to step it up at some point with this defense, especially against his old team. He's got all the horses, keep to leave Aaron, Aaron Donald, all these guys. They're going to put pressure on Prescott, and I think the Cowboys are going to have uh, trouble moving the ball. But also, look at the Rams. Gurley is only practicing sparingly. and I think that guy should sit. I'm looking for his own uh, long-range career. I'm looking out for him. I mean, he's going to have arthritis in his yeah, knee. Take a seat, yeah, girly. Sit down, girly. Everybody, on. all these guys. If you're sick, this is not the game to play. Uh, that said, I think the Cowboys since week nine have allowed their top rusher on every team an average of 48 yards a game. So, you know what? Right. If you want to play, go ahead, find him. We'll thank you in advance for uh, stopping short of the end zone like you like to do. But all this said, I like the Cowboys. I like them plus seven. I think the Rams, like a lot of these buy teams, get a slow start out of the gate. And yeah. I think the Rams are going to be one of the buy teams as a slow start 
Take sure. the Cowboys plus seven. All right. Tate Frazier. Yes. GM Street. I should have I should have built you up ahead of time. GM Street with Mike Lombardi. I know you've gone over these games a million times already. One more time to do it tomorrow. One more time tonight. And I'm asking you this time. Chargers at New England. Yes. Four-point favorite Patriots are. 46 and a half is the over-under. How do you see it? I'm going to take the under in this game because I think what you said, I think the Patriots are going to come out a little slow in that game. Uh, the Chargers offense has been a problem. Uh, they were, you know, they struggled a lot against the Ravens. They were lucky to win that game, I think. But I do believe the Chargers are the best team complete in the playoffs, especially if Gordon's healthy. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think they're going to win this game. Phil Rivers 0-7 against Tom Brady. I think he finally breaks the streak. Yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting game. The over-under, the over, it was set at 48 and a half. And I think they expect some weather. Down, now it's down to like 45 and a half, 46 and a half. But I'll say this about the Chargers. A lot of people aren't talking about this. This Michael Badgley, he's good. The they, badge. They finally have a kicker. Yes. You got to count that in. He's a scoring machine. He's got ice water in his veins. He can't, it doesn't, none of this double doink bull crap. He gets it right in there. Now, we had one tip the other day, but everything else is legitimate. I think that's, that's what the Chargers have been missing forever. They've imported Korea. South Korean kickers. Young Waku, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tried yeah. everyone. Sturgis. I think that all helps. I don't Kading, know if that's everyone in the league factored into the line. And by the way, this Derwin James, the defense seems to step it up a lot. The one thing I'll say is the intangibles of Belichick against Anthony Lynn. I think eventually, eventually this Anthony Lynn is going to fail. I'm taking the Patriots here. I'm taking them minus four. I think they figure out a way. I think it's probably like a low-scoring game, like 21 15, 21, 16, somewhere in there. So it's going to be very close to the spread, but gun to my head, I have to go Patriots. All right, speaking of gun to my head, Harry, I know you've been there before. Philly at New Orleans. What are you going to do? The Saints are an eight-point favorite. 50 and a half is the over-under. Which way are you leaning? Many times I've been there at the roulette table. Many times. Um, I'm going to roll with the trend uh, uh, with taking the underdog. I'm going to take the Eagles plus eight. I mean, what more can we say about Nick Foles? The guy just gets it done when called upon. Mm-hmm. We all know he is now 4-1 and one in playoff starts. What you may not know is his one loss was to Drew Brees and the Saints in 2013 by two points. But in that game, Foles actually outplayed Brees as he was 23 of 33 and had two touchdowns, and Drew had two picks that game. So even in a loss, Foles played tough. The Eagles are flying high right now, too. Now, and considering they've won six of the last seven, and in the Eagles, seven games, they lost. They lost by two, they lost by three, they lost by four, they lost by six twice, lost by seven. And the one bad game they actually played all year, by 41 they lost to the Saints at New Orleans. That game was two months ago, and this is a much different team now. This team has the utmost confidence with leaders that are really stepping it up. XT Hawk, Michael Bennett on defense paying dividends. Uh, in the last two weeks, they got two sacks and four tackles for losses. Fletcher Cox has three tackles or three sacks and five tackles for losses over the same time period. And the Saints aren't really lighting it up lately since the Saints win versus Atlanta on Thanksgiving. Their offense hasn't been the same from the first half of the year. Speak and speaking of the first half, in the Saints' last five first halves, they have gone touchdownless in four of them. Hmm. It's not good. It's very kind of scary. The Eagles plus the eight, more than a touchdown, and with that trend, gotta be all over it. All right. Well, I'm reading this line, and I'm I'm going the other way. I think the line is too high, and I'm not done getting kicked in the crotch by Nick Foles, and I think I'm taking the Saints. In fact, it's the only side I like here. I, I just feel like, Tate, you saw your boy Trubisky. 
He made some big throws in the second half, third and fourth quarter. And all it was is like a shoulder roll, like a, a, a double double pump, and he got it to work. And like I just feel like Sean Payton, Drew Brees, they're going to figure that out early. He has 17 receivers, Drew Brees. You know, all these no names that everyone's mad they don't have in fantasy. Kirkwood, all, everyone was scoring touchdowns. I think they're going to figure it out early. This is this guy has by far the best completion percentage. Is it of all time? Did he? I don't know if he got the record or not. But in the league, he's he's beating the top quarterbacks by like six or seven percent. I like them to exploit those safeties, those free safeties on uh, Philly. A lot of points. I don't know. I see it like it was forty-eight-seven. I'm going to give Foles a little credit. I think it's like forty-one fourteen Saints final. But keep in mind, I've been terrible. I just don't know that all these one seeds are going to go down and all these ones and twos. I think the Saints are the ones that get off to a uh, strong start. All right. Uh, another NCAA football. So, you know, it's funny. We, we we bemoan the fact that the bowl games were ending. Like, oh, just well, actually, like, thank God it's happening. Brother Bry and I got kicked around a lot in those last few bowl games. But then he went on a little run, Bry. And uh, you were a little sad that the championship game was the last one. You were all over it with Clemson, right? I know it's funny, right? You you win a couple and then you're like, shit. As soon as that game was over, I was like, I miss college football already. Huh? Yeah, suck because I had a nice stretch. I think of like six underdogs between like, Texas, Clemson, and then the four NFL games. I went underdog in all all of those. So I, I'm already missing football. I'm already missing the NFL, even though I know we have seven games left. I, know. I already missed it. I know. I'm feeling that way too. Uh, by the way, someone pointed out on Twitter. I think the Parlay Kid gave out Clemson at plus five fifty in the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I, I right. think Parley kid, did you pay that guy to do that? I don't, I don't remember. Were you, were you, did you really give him out? <laughs> no, plus no, at the beginning of the year, Sal, I, uh, hmm. I think I, I think I clearly stated too that I thought they were the most talented team at that time with, uh, the, the, the new quarterback possibly coming in. I think at that time, um, Bryant, uh, was really a yeah. starter. Um, I think obviously, wow, that worked out pretty well for them. Really so, did. Yeah, but I did give that a plus five fifty. So, and, and, uh, so now they have the 2020 odds to win Clemson at two to one, Bama five to two. Then you have Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State twelve to one, Oklahoma fourteen, Florida twenty five, Nebraska twenty five, Notre Dame who made it to the playoffs twenty five to one odds, and Texas twenty five to one odds. Yeah, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe Notre Dame gets cut some slack there. They didn't play too badly against that juggernaut of a Clemson team, considering a. Clemson beat Alabama by four touchdowns. I, I, I'm still dizzy, really, from that. I can't see it. So what do you think, Parley Kid? Does Clemson repeat? There's also odds that will Alabama and Clemson meet for the college football championship game in 2020. The yes is 4-1. to one, The no is minus 600. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think I'm going to let Bron uh, touch on that Alabama-Clemson uh, possible rematch. Right. I think there was another prop we had in there, too, right, Sal? About Lawrence being the... Uh, First draft pick in 2021, right? They right. even have that up right now, too? Mm-hmm. Even odds I for think. yes. Am I correct with that? That's right, yeah. Um, but uh, either way, so I, I don't know. I mean, Clemson, from what I'm reading, is uh, they have the seventh best recruiting class coming in. Yeah. I think Alabama is still number one. Uh, at Georgia, number two recruiting class. I'm not sure what kind of recruiting class Clemson really needs as uh they have some super freshmen that are going to be there for another few years. And um, I think, you know, two to one, I'm not sure, you know, if that's how worth that, that would be right now to, to put money on them. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to kind of bet against them at this point, especially uh, with, with Lawrence only probably going to get better. 
I'm sure Alabama will come back next year with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think that's the only other team I might think about yeah. betting. So I'll let Brian talk about that 4-1 that to one matchup of them again, but I'm pretty confident, or at least at this point I'm pretty confident, barring any offseason setbacks, that would any of us be surprised if we saw both those teams back in the national championship game? No, I don't think so. they'll fi- they'll fix it so that happens either way, even if it doesn't happen. But I- I'm with you. I don't, you know, it probably doesn't make a ton of sense tying up money for a year on Clemson at two to one. But they're supposed to lose, like Alabama's supposed to lose eight guys who are going to be drafted in the first two days of the uh, of April's draft. Um, Clemson's only supposed to lose five. Dexter Lawrence is one of them. He didn't even play in the game. They won by four touchdowns. They could have won by six touchdowns. Heads and shoulders above uh, Alabama and the rest. And by the way, you have Lawrence. You have all these guys. You have these 19-year-old receivers. I can't believe like these guys were asked to be covered by high school seniors the year before. And they just have a good attitude. They all love the coach. Dabo Swinney, like you said, great recruit class coming in. It's hard to bet on anyone uh, other than Clemson. Harry, what do you like? You know what? I'm going to go uh, at 25 to one. I'm going to take Texas. Uh, head coach Tom Herman is really turning this program around and showed some moxie versus Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, winning the game wire to wire. Wide receiver Colin Johnson is returning next season. He had seven touchdowns and a thousand yards receiving. And of course, my boy Sammy E. Sammy Ellinger is coming back. <laughs> he was only a sophomore, and his stats were spectacular. He had 25 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions. He had 13 rushing touchdowns. Longhorns will be extremely dangerous next year, and their 2019 schedule could work out nicely for them. They play a Will Greerless Mountaineers on the road and have a big matchup early at home versus LSU. They get by LSU. Look out for the Longhorns at 25 to one to roll through the Big 12. You know, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger declared this morning, right? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just screwing. All right, no. Texas was good. They were a surprise bowl team, too. You're right. They they beat the crap out of Georgia. Uh, that was not as much fun for me to watch as <laughs> the Georgia money line. Of course, Brother Bry, who do you like? All right, so I had friends come over for the game on Monday night, and uh, a bunch of them were complaining. They're like, oh, I'm so sick of this game. It's Bad McClemson. It's Bad McClemson. It's always the same. And I said, stop complaining because you're going to see this. We're going to be in the same spot next year. You're going to see the same teams again next mm. year. So I love the Clemson-Bama rematch next year at 4-1. to one. I mean, I'd say don't outsmart yourself here. I mean, how can you go with anybody but Clemson or Alabama? I mean, there's Georgia has a shot. There's a few that have a shot, but they should, not even, they should only put odds out for like six teams because we know how it is. Every year, it's the same teams. It's going to be Clemson, Clemson. It's going to be Bama. Maybe Georgia could slip in, uh, slip in there. They're, they're going to be good. Ohio State of Fields is allowed to play. It's going to be good. I do agree with Harry. Texas is probably maybe the other one based on how they looked in that bowl game. They have a shot. Mm-hmm. But Bama's going to be super motivated next year. The offense will be just as good. They have Tua. They have the receivers back. They have Najee Harris back. They'll be missing some studs on defense, but they always reload with those guys. You, you barely even know the, ba- the Bama defensive players' names. So, mm-hmm. And if you look at their schedule... It is really easy. I mean, their toughest games that they have are at Texas A&M. That would be tough. I mean, at Auburn. But, again, coming back with Tua, they, these guys are going to put up points. Now, on the other side, with Clemson, same, same spot here. If you look at, their, look at their toughest games, they're home against Texas A&M, at South Carolina, at Syracuse. Maybe, like, Syracuse might be their toughest game. Whoa. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, they bring back Lawrence, Etienne, Ross, Higgins, all those guys. So, I think... 
I, granted, one of those teams could slip and be a three, or I mean a four potentially, and you're not going to get that finals round. But I, it's it's very possible, very likely, that it's going to be one two unless Lawrence or two are hurt. And I think at four to one, it's too much to pass up because yeah. at some point next year we're going to be like, oh, it's you know it's even money for that type of it's type it's of not matchup. fun it, it seems like UConn girls at this point with some of these teams it ends up being like the yeah, you're right, exactly. like same two three or four it's like the character of the year awards that I have every year it's always going to be Ken and uh <laughs> and uh and, and Brad and Dixon <laughs> these are inside jokes but some people might get it uh, I was in there a little bit too much I think actually. you were why Harry you did some crazy things I don't know, you had me pointed out a few different times a little bit too much you were fine po- Harry you should be in the top Three or four every year. There you Come go. On. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Darren, nice doesn't, Darren doesn't think you're in there enough. Sorry, here. Really? Oh. It's so funny. That's wow. that's every, that's everyone I asked. What what did you think of the code? He's like, oh, you definitely took it easy on this one. I was like, it's 110 freaking pages. Give me a break. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Uh, listen, Trevor Lawrence, outstanding Monday night, as was wide receiver Justin Ross. Harry, you love that Justin Ross spells his name with a Y. Uh, but it got me thinking as we board <laughs> the Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling make believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Got me thinking Trevor Lawrence, 19, Justin Ross, 19. Phenomenal. But who is the best 19 year old athlete you've ever seen, ever been alive for? Is it three to one odds for Michael Phelps? Do you like nine to two odds for Iron Mike Tyson? Five to one odds for Kobe Bryant, six to one for the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence, eight to one for Sidney Crosby. Let's throw Cheryl Miller in there at ten to one. Or the field. I mean, there's literally dozens of nineteen year olds if you think about it. Seven to two odds for the field. Let's start with you, Harry. You have a lot to say about this. Who's the best nineteen year old athlete you've ever seen? You know what? I'm gonna go with Michael Phelps. Oh come uh, on. In the two thousand four <laughs> Summer Olympics. He had Six gold medals. He had two <laughs> bronze medals. He had one world record, three Olympic world records. I mean, amazing. And and he was behind. Only he's finished second best perform, performance ever at a single Olympics behind Mark Spitz, seven gold medals at the 1972 Summer Olympics. I mean, enough said. That that done in one summer in Athens. Forget about it. It's Michael not Bob enough said. It's, this guy's in the pool every 20 minutes. He has a chance to win a gold medal. I'm sure he's fine. He's great <laughs> at swimming. Parley kid, you agree with me. It's not Michael Phelps. No, it's not. But you're talking about a guy who runs in the pool, Sal. Yeah. Doesn't swim in a pool. So that's why Harry probably thinks oh, swimming is <laughs> so difficult. He runs in the pool. He runs he in place. I, 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 think, I, look at, I look at the pool nowadays. I look at it now. <laughs> How fast would Michael Phelps swim if he had Daughtry playing in the background inspiring? That's a, that's what I want to know. All right, Paul. Like, yeah, is running well, so I'm taking the field, and so I'm taking one of your guys, yeah. Dwight Doc Gooden. Yeah. So even though he's best known for his no-hitter with the Yankees in 1996. No, stop well, it. Not really. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he actually started his career with the Mets in 1984, which <laughs> at least you know. I know. And so he was much must-watch TV for about five years. And as a 19-year-old in New York, went 17-9 with a 2.60 ERA yep. and struck out 276 batters in 218 innings. Insane. Hence the nickname. Dr. K. Yep. Unfortunately corrupted by New York City and most likely several several <laughs> dirtbag teammates. His career unfortunately never lived up to what looked like 
to be a Hall of Fame career. Oh, it's so sad, Doc. 24 wins, I think, the the following year as a 20-year-old. next year, 24-4. Yeah. I know. Oh, so good. And who could forget all the, the, the laughs he provided on Celebrity Rehab? But no, growing up a Mets fan <laughs> in, the, in the mid-'80s, I was like 14, 15 years old. That was a treat watching Doc Gooden. All right, Brother Bry, what about you? All right, well, I was thinking this was easy, and I was going to go with LeBron or Luka here, but mm. after looking at it a little bit more, I think I have to go with Crosby here at 8-1. to one. Look, when the guy was 19 years old, he had 120 points and won the Hart Trophy. When he was 18 years old, he had 102 points. The guy single-handedly saved that franchise in Pittsburgh. I think those accomplishments alone for for as great it is, as it is to watch LeBron or Luka nowadays, I mean, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous what he did at the age of 18 and 19 years old yeah really good all right i'm gonna make it simple right here nine to two odds iron mike tyson what a fierce competitor right parlay kid you see him in there he wins the title in 1986 i think he was 19 years old right he'd beat burbick yeah, and it was beating men yep. beating men that's the thing beating men and men who were afraid of him they were afraid to get in the ring with a 19 year old what does that say about athleticism he was a monster in there and I have uh, Manny Pacquiao talking to him later. He's uh, a, another uh, young phenom. But Iron Mike Tyson, that was appointment television watching him. You, I mean, you thought he was going to kill somebody every time he stepped in the ring. As a 19-year-old, he was phenomenal. But there are so many if you want to look it up. Michael Phelps, garbage, garbage answer, Harry. Sorry. You want to take it back? I'll give you another <laughs> chance. Want to say anybody else? No? Michael Phelps? No, I'm, 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 uh, I like the pool people. Tate. <laughs> That's what they like to be called, pool the, people. The pool people? Not swimmers, pool people. No, the pig boys and, <laughs> the and pig pool pools. people. Yeah, what do you think, Tate? Who's the best 19-year-old athlete? I got one for you, Brother Bry. Uh, Ronald Curry. Former, oh. Former receiver okay. for the for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, won the slam dunk nice. contest in the McDonald's All-American Game in basketball. Was the MVP of the McDonald's All-American Game in basketball. Hmm. And beat Mike Vick in the state championship game in football. Wow. All there right. Thanks uh, to Tate. And then did nothing in the pros. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. providing us with a name only 30 people will recall, <laughs> yeah. but that's good. Hanson, Virginia. All right, that's another week of Captain Harry, Morgan's. thanks for not taking Michelle Wee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Parley Kid, you wanted to go Jesse Jansen there. You know you did. Uh, <laughs> Harry wanted Ricky Fowler. That's another week of Captain Morgan's <laughs> make-believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, now. We've hit it. It's Sharp Tank. Best bets. I imagine a lot of them will involve the NFL playoffs this week. A lot of strong opinions going forward. Uh, Parlay Kids coming off with a win. You know what? Let's start with you, Parlay Kid. You had the big uh, Cowboys Chargers parlay. What's yeah. it looking like this week? Well, well, Sal, you, you, we really talked about this already, so you might as well you just listen to me, and then you don't even have to go to Brian or Harry. Oh, okay. I know you're taking this this parlay that I'm going to give you. It's not at all, you know, usually I'm shooting for these three, four, five to one parlays. This is a plus 145 parlay, Sal. Uh -huh. But first, Sal, we're going to take the Cowboys at plus seven, okay? Uh, getting, getting seven points, minus 110. Uh, and as we talked about before, uh, this game, I, I can see the Rams starting off a little slow. And so can we please, hopefully these coaches can loosen the reins a little bit. Uh -huh. Man, three quarters of those games. Oh, we're hard to watch for a while. There's a lot They're of so kickers. Conservative. Yeah, right. Oh, man, I couldn't believe it. For for a league that was so offensive this year, it was like, what happened, right? right. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I could see, you know, like you said, coming off a bye, some of these teams start off slow. I think the Cowboys are going to be able to run the ball well. 
I think Dak, after winning last week, is feeling pretty good and a little pressure off now that he's won a playoff game. Uh, so I feel, I feel like he's going to play a little bit more free and easy. And just getting those seven points, I don't – I really think – I'm not so sure about – I wouldn't say right now the Cowboys are going to win this game, but getting seven on a road game, which is going to feel a little bit like a home game, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to take uh, the Saints right. on the money line, minus 350. So you're expecting a blowout. Uh, you could actually, if you wanted to, probably – you know, take uh, you know minus eight right there, mm-hmm. but let's just say Saints at minus three fifty on the money line. Yeah, I, this is the one thing I think you're going to see the three underdogs cover, and I think that last game on Sunday is finally when a favorite is going to break through, and I think that game is going to be lopsided. But let's just for me, I'm putting on on the money line at plus one forty five. Take the Saints money line, Cowboys plus seven. Uh, plus 145. All right. Brother Bri, can you do better than your brother, Saints and Cowboys? Well, I don't know because I'm going to go with a bet that isn't even up yet. Uh, I know what the odds will likely be because I bet this like every week, every playoffs. Oh, yeah. College playoffs, I bet this all the time. So I'm going to go with the under one and a half shortest touchdown in the Cowboys-Rams game. Look, now if you're looking for some stats to back this up, Look, I go with it in every year, the under one and a half in the college championship game. All these big games, usually, there's a one-yard touchdown. It's 5-0 and in the last college cha- uh, five college championships. In the last four postseasons, 8-3, and 10-1, and 7-4, 7-4. I think I took this for my best bet last year in the Super Bowl. Uh, so far, it's 2-2 two and two in the first week. Um, but I just love it in the Cowboys-Rams game. I think you're going to get Gurley or, or Zeke in a – short yardage touchdown it's going to be about minus 125 minus 130 you always see that that line out there but you know i expect in this game you know with the rams the way they throw a pass interference in the end zone something to happen to get the ball in the one yard line but uh, you know you know i love this bet and i'm, I'm gonna keep uh, riding this uh, trend brother Bright, you might as well yeah bet this this for all four games every any game you can I'm going find to, yeah, yeah mine, uh, uh, mine under one and a half shortest touchdown Cowboys, Rams. I don't know. It definitely hits because brother Bry is. Uh, he texts me in every every like seems like the first quarter in every game. Like yes, exclamation point. I have to look to see what he's talking about. It's like oh yeah, shortest touchdown scored already. And yes, you're right. The benefit of all the defensive calls, the pass interferences, and everything. This is uh this is an attractive bet. All right, Harry, what do you think? All right. Well, <clears throat> since my boss Ken is possibly attending the Sony Open as he continues to stay in Hawaii, oh it seems no. Like- Seems like a month now, Sal, or Sal, is it a month? Has uh, it been a month? I don't know. It's a, it might be close to a month, yeah. Might be close to a month. I mean, I, I, almost, I almost went with Gary Woodland to finish in the top 10 at plus 110 <laughs> as he's 56 under par. We all almost four years did. This tourney. How can you but, not? Yeah. But as a Giants fan, enough is enough. <laughs> Since we started the show, I've always done my best to research, give stats, numbers, predictions on my best bet. But this time, like I said, as a Giants fan, I want nothing more than to lose this best bet. Michael Phelps. I am taking the Dallas Cowboys for the ultimate jinx Whoa. at plus 250 on the money line. Uh... <laughs> and I'll even say Dallas and Dak get it done at 33-27 to, really, to double up my jinx. Do you really, do you really believe this, Harry, or are you just trying to get under my yeah. parlay kid's skin here? Whatever I can do that Dallas doesn't move on. Oh, all right. That's it. 
Why well, did you... taking Dallas at plus two fifty? All right, so Harry's, amazing. Harry's really, playing his no, own game. It really game. is amazing how Giant fans, for some reason, hate the Cowboys more than the Eagles. It's I know. It's always like they just hate it. It's, it's, it's am- fine. It's amazing. Listen, it's Eagle, fine. Eagles, Eagles have real fans. That's why. Look, Harry was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong about Michael Phelps. He was wrong about Texas. What else was he wrong about, Dave? He was wrong about everything, right? Uh, he was wrong about Pig Boy. Are you keeping track, uh, Tate? <laughs> I'm keeping track. I'm yeah. ready for Harry and Stephen A. Smith to do their Dallas Cowboy <laughs> hate showdown together. Exactly. All right. So, uh, Harry, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I don't, I don't like the spirit of it. Uh, I don't like your tone boy, with the Cowboys plus 250. So, I'm going to stay away from that. <laughs> Brother Bry, we're all over the Cowboys these games. Brother Bry, under one and a half shortest touchdowns, Cowboys, Rams. God, that's probably going to hit. Uh, Parlay Kid, plus seven. And Saints minus three fifty. Parlay kid, I'm going to go with you with a little caveat. I've been taught to buy half points here and there, and it seems to work out. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy the half point, make it plus seven and a half, and New Orleans minus three fifty. Combine those two, you got plus one forty five. I'm probably going to get plus one ten, one fifteen, right, Brian? Someone it probably lowers uh twenty thirty dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. in there. Uh, a little better. That's all right. I like better than even uh in that. So let's do that. Let's ride that parlay kid. Plus seven and a half, I'll say. You have plus seven. And the Saints, money line. And Harry, I hope you're right. And you have no right to brag if you are. Let me just tell you that. Mm. That's how it's going to be. I won't be happy if I win. Put it that way. Let me won't give you a, a quick quick email. <laughs> uh, reach out to us, cousin Sal, against all odds at gmail.com. Let us know why you think you're eligible for the uh, Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, which is being built in Pahrump, Nevada. Here's one. I'll just read a quick one. We're short on time. Hi, Sal and the trifecta. You gentlemen are my go-to combination for humor and hopefully making money from something as unifying as sports. Please tell Harry he's the real MVP in my eyes because he's seen it all, done it all, and chauffeured it all. Harry isn't just living the American dream. He defined the American dream. Keep it up, you degenerates. That's nice. Jim from Columbia, Missouri. There you go, Harry. What do you have to say for yourself? Very nice, Jim. Thanks, man. That's, That's uh, definitely Jim Cunningham. Being a chauffeur is... Uh... <laughs> is that Jim Cunningham? <laughs> we, we think we know the Jim that uh, did that. Right. <laughs> Jim Cunningham. Uh, you know what? One more. Um, from Pizza Nico. I've got a question that can only be answered by Sal and the Degenerate Trifecta. My 11-year-old son, Clive, is a sports nut. It's followed the natural path into fantasy sports and statistics and predictions. Of course, the next logical step... Sports gambling. I have multiple friends who have solicited his advice and come out very well with his insights. I can only imagine my son would love placing a few friendly wagers himself, might even do all right for himself. Would it be morally and ethically okay to set my son up with an account with a few dollars in it with me as his proxy as a Christmas or birthday present? Or do I need to wait until he's 18, ready to form his own bad habits and vices? Thanks for the podcast. Looking forward to the advice. Ah, Nick, sign Nick. This is tough for me. I really, I actually think, and I don't know why I can't make heads or tails of it because I scream about it. My son knows everything about lines and everything, but I would feel weird if he would started betting at 13. Uh, how old is this kid? 11? Yeah, that's even younger than 13. Uh, you know what, Nick? There's so many fantasy sports out there that he could sink his teeth into. You get almost the same rush. I think as an 11-year-old, you'll get the whole thing about competing against your friends right. or others. Parley kid, you agree with me? 11's too young. Yeah, I mean, unless he wants him to grow up to be like Harry, then uh, <laughs> go right ahead. Jim from Columbia would say yes. <laughs> open the account. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think when I was eight years old, you maybe opened up an account for me when I was when I was eight. Did so I really? Possible. Oh wow! <laughs> what a kidding. what a hypocrite I, I am. <laughs> I, I mean, it it seems like it. I'm pretty sure I was like ten or eleven years old putting putting real bets, legit wow. bets in. I mean, maybe like five, ten dollars, but uh, so. all right. <laughs> and how'd that work out for you? 
Yeah, terrible. I know. Jeez. All right, Harry. I, Harry, I know that you're going to top that story. What do you? What were you? Well, I mean, morally, it's wrong. Sure, ethically, it's wrong as well. But uh, I say go for it. I was peddling tickets at eleven. I was, I was peddling parlay tickets in upstate New York when I was eleven. I still had my first winning ticket. They all $1, thought he was thirty. Three teamer paid five bucks. That's still, that's still true. Nineteen eighty-two. Wow, that's true. I, mean, I think it's fine if you're uh, if. You and if the kid ends up doing it on his own or with friends, but I, I think it's a little weird though for the yeah, dad to do. Yeah, I'm it. with that. Harry came out of the womb. It was it wasn't the head first. Oh, it was like dad. it was a parlay parlay <laughs> card. You could see the three for three, six to one odds was the first thing you saw on the card. It came out of his, uh, his poor. Remember, you don't get the six to ones out. Remember, you lose the dollar. Right, you lose a dollar. <laughs> Ties you lose. Any, anything you yeah. could do loses. Tate, what do you think? This yeah. kid. I was going to say, not everyone is lucky enough to have an Aunt Chippy to stand behind and, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, yeah, and tell them what to do. So, I mean, that that's what it is. It's right. more of a situational. You know. Yeah, you know what? Eight, when I he think turns 13, 18. Teenager. Teenager's probably better. When he turns 13, send him to live with Aunt <laughs> Chippy for a year. There you go. Uh, all right. Yeah. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Let's say goodbye to these guys. Harry, uh, you lead our touchdown pool. We, we're betting the first scorer. We spread out, what was it? 300 fake dollars to be spread out over. 200. 200, sorry, over 11 games. Uh, you have to bet $10 at least per game. We did it. We almost had the first eight games where nobody scored, but you had it, Melvin Gordon. I forget what odds you have, but you have like an $85. I, got him at, uh, I had 15 bucks on him at 6-1. to one. He had about, it, honestly, from beginning to when he finally did it, he had about eight tries from inside the 10-yard line, and he finally cashed in. It, that was a ridiculous uh, scenario that happened for him All to right. finally get it on fourth down, but. So yeah, Harry's Harry's ahead. Nice jump on it. Harry's ahead ninety dollars. Um, I guess you could kind of start this pool if you wanted to this week if uh, you're listening at home and just hearing it. The fact the the way we play it is whoever's up the most gets paid that amount by everybody. So this could get to like five hundred bucks, and we all owe Harry five hundred dollars. But we're gonna make our move. Harry, you're at AO Harry AAO Harry, right on Twitter. Yep, that's me. All right, Parlay Kid. Good news in the Sicoli household. Your son Kyle made. All state football, right? Yes. Yeah, he did, Sal. Yeah, nice. he was. Uh, we found that out yesterday. We got the news yesterday. Um, I'm very proud of him. Uh, you know, he worked hard, and um, and right now, though, it's basketball season. So, and uh, the team is flying high. I think Brian will tell you that too. Um, they're really becoming one of the top teams uh, here in Suffolk County. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun team to watch. Nice, right, Brian? Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, very fun, fast-paced. Uh, nobody's really they, – they don't have a lot of height on the team, but uh, they play a fast game, get their hands on a lot of balls. There so. you go. There you go. All right, I, I, basketball. I joked, and it, it just doesn't end for poor uh, Kyle. I said it was 18 years of mental abuse, and you finally got some hardware for it, right? Was I wrong? Was it 17? <laughs> Is it 17? 18? He, he earned it. He earned it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 17. All right. Uh, and you're at the Chalk Talker, right, Darren Parlikid? At the Chalk Talker, yes, sir. Brother Bry, you had a surprise party this week. Our friend Alec was there. You turned the big, yeah, th- was, big uh, three nine. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a good time. It took me like two hours to really enjoy it. I thought I was going there with like four guys just to watch a football game, and then there's yeah. twenty people uh, there uh, celebrating a, a surprise thirty ninth birthday. Yeah. I don't know why thirty nine. I guess. They really thought I wasn't going to make it to 40, so I guess they thought they'd celebrate uh, it now. You know what? You deserve to be celebrated. That's good job by you, and you had a big win uh, on your actual birthday. Clemson uh, covered all over the place for you. That was nice and easy. Uh, Tate Frazier, big win for your Tar Heels over uh, 
rival NC State. <laughs> yeah, big rivalry. Big rivalry down in Raleigh. Uh, yeah, they got the win, and then I'm at Tate Frazier. GM Street comes back tomorrow with Michael Lombardi. He's got a lot of thoughts uh, about the Patriots, thinks the Patriots are going to beat the Chargers, so that's something to keep an I eye on. I love it. And uh, One Shining Podcast with Mark Titus. Nice. Twice a week. Back tomorrow as well. Give us one uh, surprise NCAA, some basketball team that's stepping up, maybe outside top 10 or somewhere in there. I think the two best bets as far as long shot bets are Virginia Tech and NC State to win the title. All right. Virginia Tech plays tonight, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Against two the good coaches, cross-town two good rivals. Teams. All right. There you go. Tate Frazier. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We're going to run this ad. You're going to hear me screaming about some product. And then Manny Pacquiao on the line. As promised, we have Manny Pacquiao on the other side of this break. But first, we got to get a word from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. This year, set a realistic goal to wear a shirt that fits. Doesn't sound too hard. From collar to cuff, every Proper Cloth shirt is made to order, so it's guaranteed to be unique to you. Just answer 10 simple questions to get your custom size shirt today. Then choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business to casual. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buys fabrics that meet their high expectations. Plus, each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship every single time. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. This is the future of shirts. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com sal today. Enter gift code sal, S-A-L, to save $20 on your first shirt. And now, as promised, by the cuz, Manny Pacquiao. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. My next guest, one of the greatest prize fighters of all time. Next Saturday night, he defends his WBA secondary welterweight title against Adrian Broner. His name, you may have heard of him. Manny Pacquiao, what a treat this is. Manny, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Manny, now, I don't know if you remember, well, you, I think you remember my cousin Jimmy Kimmel. You've been on his show many times, and Jimmy walked you down, Jimmy walked you down the aisle for your fight against Mayweather. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Do you, do you think he did a good job? Do you think he got you focused for that fight, or would you ever ask him back for something like that? Yeah, I, I have a good uh, good time with that uh, with that fight, and uh, if there's uh, another one, then uh, he he will walk with me again. <laughs> All right, but you know, let's, I don't know what you've worked out for this fight against Broner, but you know, it's it's a, this is an exciting fight. It's a lesser fight though than Mayweather. If you need if you need Jimmy Kimmel's not as famous cousin, if you need me to walk you down the aisle, I will help you out. Just just I'm just putting it out there for you. That's uh, cool. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I, I feel like we have a deal now, Manny. I've seen video. I've seen. I've seen the uh, the prelude. I've seen the videos of you on YouTube. That hand speed is still there. I saw it on YouTube. Are you using the same training routine now that um now that you know you're forty years old, right? You were forty a couple months ago or last month. Yeah, uh, just turned forty last uh, last month, December seventeenth. Mm-hmm. And how does your training routine? Uh, how does it differ from, let's say, like five or seven years ago? Uh, training um, is still the same. Uh, the, the speed, uh, uh, footwork, uh, we uh, we still have that one. And then, but um, time adjustment, uh, we we uh, adjust a little bit because 
Um, it's uh, not like before when you are young. Um, yeah. You you can at overnight you can recover uh, <clears throat> the strength that you spend on the day on. But uh, <clears throat> sometimes it's hard to recover when you push yourself in the day uh, training. When you push mm-hmm. uh, heavy, uh, when you do a heavy training, sometimes right. you cannot recover in that overnight. So you need uh, uh, enough time to recover and then uh, back to um, back to uh, heavy training again. Yeah, well, you're you're a machine out there. From everything I've seen online and um, all the uh, build up to the fight. Now I want I don't want to uh, bring up bad things, but I've bet on you and I've been successful betting on you. I like betting a lot of money. Probably ninety percent of the time, I've made money off of you, but I don't, and I don't want to bring up the the bad fights. But Jeff Horn and Timothy Bradley. Now there have been questionable decisions in boxing history, but these were the worst. These were amongst the worst ever. Which one hurt you the most, Jeff Horn or the Timothy Bradley the first time? Which decision were you more in shock over? Jeff uh, Horn. Jeff uh, Horn is um, the worst uh, decision. Yeah, that was really bad because I felt like he came at you for 12 rounds just trying to headbutt you. Didn't really land any punches. The crowd went crazy because it was in his backyard, basically. But I, I, to, to fact, I don't know how he had that score. How did the judges? Are you angry at the judges? Do you look to beat them up? Not the female judges, but after the fight, are you that angry? I'm not angry, but uh, I just feel disappointed on that uh, decision because... Uh... It's very clear um, on John uh, on uh, Jeff Horn fight that, that uh, I won. Even the the Australian people uh, they're surprised that uh, the boy won the decision. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, do you think in your mind that these judges purposely picked against you, even though they thought you won? Do you think that there's weird stuff going on there with that? Um. I think um, I know the reason, but I will not. Uh, um, I will not say that. I understand. All right. What about going to five judges for a championship fight? Do you are you just in case one of them gets screwy or two of them get screwy? Don't you think that would that would help? I, I'm I'm so disappointed on that uh, horn fight, but um, what I'm saying is uh, I hope that uh, it will not happen often in the boxing, or it will not happen again like that decision because. It will ruin the boxing industry. They, yeah, they, you know, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, it's not only boxing that people want to watch. It's, there's also uh, uh, UFC, so they're competing each other. So if if uh, that decisions will uh, always like that, um, that will ruin the name of boxing. I'm with you. I'm with you. It definitely doesn't help boxing to have decisions that go contrary to what everyone's watching. And yeah, and especially when people like me are betting money on you. It's very, very upsetting. All right. Now, this Adrian Broner, January 19th, next Saturday, he's got a big mouth and it's uh, it's full of shiny teeth made of uh, precious metals. Do you listen to his taunting? Does it bother you? No, um, I'm and I'm in focus right now. I'm not. Uh, listening of his uh, what is last talk like that. Good. All right. I like to hear that because I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on you again. Now listen, you I don't know if you know how gambling works, but you're almost a three to one favorite. So I would have to bet three dollars on you to win a dollar. You got that? So how many dollars should I bet on you to win? <laughs> Based on your uh capability <laughs> capacity. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Th- 
300. Do you feel confident in this fight? I'm confident. I'm trying to, um, you know, I did my, I I did a lot of things in the in in training and trying to do the, the same in my with my last fight with Matisse. So, um, it's been a while also not to, um, not fighting here in the in United States. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is your first uh, fight back here in a couple of years now. Yeah, I know. I, I I think it all adds up. You're back in the United States. You don't have to worry about any corrupt judges, hopefully. Um, do you feel it could be a knockout or you just want to punish him for uh, for the distance? Um, it's hard to say uh, now, but what I'm doing is uh, doing my 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 job in the in, in, in training, um, punishing myself uh, to, to to do the same with my last fight. Okay. All right. Now, listen, will you take the gold? If you knock him out, will you take the gold teeth out of his mouth and give them to the good people of the Philippines? I think that would be a, a nice thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. What about, I know you like to sing, Man- Manny. You know what would be a great thing? If you knocked Adrian Broner out and then just started singing karaoke, whatever song he walked down the aisle to, you find out his favorite song and then sing karaoke. What a what a jab that would be, huh? Um, thinking a song. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do any of this. These are just dumb jokes. But uh, all right. Well, thanks, really, Manny. I appreciate you coming on. Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner. He seems confident. He's a minus two eighty five favorite. It's next Saturday night. Buy that thing on pay per view. And Manny, listen, I will fly out to Vegas if you need someone to walk you down to the ring. I'm I'm very good with direction. I won't get you lost. We could weigh it. I'll, I promise. I'll I'll do a, a bang up job. All right. Sure. Sure. All right. And Manny, any idea? Would you consider hosting the Oscars? I know they're they're looking for a host right now. Academy Award? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to float your name out there. I think you'd be a, a, the ideal host. Uh, the host of the Academy Award? That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Win this fight and then we'll talk. All right. I know some people. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on against all odds. Thank you. Bye. All right. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao. Wow, that was fun. That was fun. Maybe he could host the Oscars. I think he'd have to make a couple apologies first, but uh, he'd be a, he'd be my top choice. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. Hey, watch Lock It In Monday through Friday on Fox Sports 1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern Time. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier, and Manny Pacquiao. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na 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 na